Good day. You are listening to a podcast. But this isn't just any podcast. Just any podcast couldn't do this. Or this. What the? This is the podcast. Starring the tense. Starring the tense. The uh, starring the Ted Smith and Cobb. Ha-ha! The podcast starts. You better wear a helmet now. Oh, there we go. Wonder if it got me saying, "Let's fire this bitch up." I did that time. All right, nice. All right, I well. think of that prodigy song. <laughs> smack the bitch. Smack the bitch up. Smack my bitch up. Yeah. What is it? Yeah. All right, well, as long as we're talking about smacking people, welcome to a new episode of the podcast, the greatest podcast in all the land. All the land. Oh, I'll be your host of the podcast, and Ted Smith. All right, uh, in the lo- the bottom box today on Zoom, somewhere in Austin, he goes by the name of Cobb. Cobb, what's going on? Rumors of domestic violence, obviously, have shares of the podcast down in early early training today, but uh, no, I don't know. There's some crazy stuff going on in the world, boys. I'm really pumped to be here. Uh we were off last week. I don't even remember why or what happened, but uh, you know, it sounds like we've all had an eventful couple of weeks. So, what's going on? <laughs> all right, up there in the top square today, get the studio all set up. Matt, kind of the producer, MCTP. What's up, Matt? Hey, Ted. Good to see you. <laughs> it is. Tell you what, boys, I'm on my grind today. Had a few days off. Had to go back east. Did a mega cast this morning. Did the show. Now pumping out of the podcast. Wow! Wow! That grind set. Damn. Back with the vengeance. That right? Grind mindset. Are you lifting now too, or no, or just soccer? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I mean, I wasn't I didn't share lift, with the. I didn't. The I, didn't lift this, I didn't lift this morning. That's <laughs> so I was like, oh well, that would be really grinding, but I didn't get up that early. <laughs> Dude, you're really grinding. Honestly, just given the weather in Seattle right now, anybody who's still got their head above water, I'm impressed. All right, so here's the deal. Uh, yesterday was like beautiful, longest day of the year. Today was back to like 65, but this weekend. People in Seattle already worried. It's going to be in the 80s and 90 on Monday. A heat wave's coming to town. Oh, that's perfect. Yes, I'm heading up there in like two weeks. That's what we need. Turn it up, Maurice. I want to burn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got in a like a bad. I got in a sunburn on my head, but then this weekend, uh, yeah, definitely got some sun hanging out in Northern Virginia. Working on my farmer's tan here, watching watching my nephew play baseball. Yeah, you got some color, man. Oh yeah. Well, trust me, we had like we were back moving, like getting stuff out of my dad's house. We had to put him in a care facility, the sunrise. Uh, but yeah, like we we had crabs and stuff. That's a beer Saturday evening. And then, you know, my nephew was playing at 930. I was like, well, I'm in town. Of course, I'll go see him. As soon as we get there, I look at my brother and I go, did you have any sunscreen? He's like, no. And I'm like, damn it. Like, I know my pasty Seattle ass is going to burn. Wow. I mean, I know it's kind of a sensitive subject, but Sunrise seems like a very ironic name for that place. Dude, I'm glad you said that. I <laughs> okay, I was like, I was like, dude, I look, I know it's a tough time right now, but I feel like sunset may be more apropos. I, I'm with you, dude. I, I meant to make that joke to my brother like three times. It never did. <laughs> well, he listens to the cast, so he can hear it now. But yeah, it's just like sunrise, really? For a retirement home? I don't know. <laughs> Bad branding, man. Bad branding. <laughs> It's also funny as like, and reason why, right? There's a lot of really old people in there. So you got to like sign in and sign out and they got to like let you in the door. But like Saturday, we're just moving stuff in and out. And at one point I just kind of like walked through the door. You know, like when you press on like a door that is probably locked, but still let you out. I'm like, 
oh crap was i supposed to ask for them to open the door <laughs> i just mess up this lock but i think it was fine <laughs> the alarm goes off the uh what do they call it it's not the it's not the silver alert it's like the i think it is alert. silver alert is this silver alert when like yeah. a an old, old person has escaped yeah that's what i was saying too and i was like can you smuggle in food and like, you don't have to smuggle it in you can bring in food i'm like all right yeah, because there's amber alerts for children, and then I believe it's a silver alert for an uh, older person. That's that's wild to me. Did you know that the people who go find those people are actual, in Washington at least, are the search and rescue people? Like, it doesn't shock me. I know when, I, when you hear it, but I always pictured search and rescue people like, you know, hanging out of helicopters and like hiking into like the backwoods of the Cascades to try to like rescue somebody. Like, it seems weird that they would be just like searching behind the dumpsters at a Safeway looking for an old person. You know, well, it's search and rescue. It's not just like, you know, totally rescue. But like, I just that would not have been the group that jumped to mind. I would have been like, I don't know. There's probably like the police or some sort of like local whatever. It's like, no, it's just like guys get the the page, throw on their hiking boots and start, you know, perusing the Albertsons parking lot, whatever. (laughs) I don't know. It just seems that seems weird to me. But yeah. (laughs) Well, and like I listen, right? Like I, I tell jokes for a living, right? So obviously that's kind of my default but like all weekend as we're in and out of this place i'm like oh thursday black and shrimp maybe i should stay a couple more days or i was like you know because me and me and my brother every time we go in we're saying hi to everybody i said do you know those people he goes now i just figured why not be nice like a lot of these people are a little lonely in there but there was like these two ladies that were sitting down there they were very friendly so i was like that you gotta talk to the old uh chatty two that hang out out front I don't know. I was like, what, what do you mean you don't know? What else are we doing? Like, go, go talk to him. Shoot your shot, man. <laughs> right? If not now. <laughs> right. Like, literally, this is the time. This is, this, yeah, you got, you got nothing to lose, man. 25 seconds on the clock. Like, just throw it up. Yeah, and like, what, are you going to be embarrassed at breakfast tomorrow? They'll probably forget. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, God damn it, I hate that I know this. Sorry, Matt, for swearing. I, I, in... I don't even, I almost don't want to say it, but in those, okay. I dated a girl who worked in one of those homes and those residents get busy. If you know what I'm saying? I mean, we're talking like broken hips and stuff like for, for you think about like the, the bell curve of human survival rates. And like for a man to still be alive at like 85, like he is a very rare bird and they just, you know, they, they get it done and they got nothing to do. And I'll just sit there. And at that point, like, I was going to say this to him. I'll say this on the cast. It's like, huh, I know, I know, I know you're down. You're on a lot of prescriptions. Things might not work. Like, I tell you what, though, when's the last time you even caught a little check? Like, just chat them up. You know what I mean? You can get a, maybe you can get a pass to like sit next to each other at movie time. I don't know. Like, oh, no, dude. It, it goes down, man. Well, you know, the villages in Florida, which is more of a, is a retirement community, but the STDs down there are a massive deal. Like, cause old people just like, they can't get anybody pregnant. So they don't use condoms and then it's just like running rampant. Orgy, Ted, the word no one wanted to say is orgy. Okay. I'll say oh. it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but for real though, good for your dad. I'm proud of him. Excited <laughs> for the future. Happy to be there. Right. Like get in there, mix it up. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to go back there. He's going to have like a new tattoo and like a woman on his arm. <laughs> uh cobb you've flown recently matt have you flown recently nope it is a it is a battle out there boys 
God, yeah. dude, thank you. Yes, it go ahead. Unbelievable. I when I I took a red eye, right? A 9:45 flight on a Thursday evening. Yeah. I got in the security line at 7:50 and barely made my flight. Dude, I've been I've been Whoa. complaining about this. Yeah. It, I hate to be a negative Nancy, but it's insane. Yeah, like it's to the point where it was so bad. I was like, I might actually have to write an email and be like, because there was more TSA workers. Like you, somebody's got it. Like, come on. Like people Dude. were missing their flights in line. And yeah. then this one couple goes up and goes to the TSA guy. They're like, it's like, you know, like you got a zigzag and they're just like, hey, like our flight's leaving in 20 minutes. Can we skip the line? And they're like, well, there's nothing we can do. You got to ask any, every individual passenger. So I was at this point, I'm close enough to the front. I'm just like, get in front of us. Like, don't miss your flight. I'm just like, I, I don't know. This, and then when I got up there, they finally put on a second guy to check boarding passes. And it's like, I mean, just customer service alone. Like, come on, we got to do something. Because then people get to the airline. The airline can't do anything. They, like, they can't help TSA. Just, and when I flew out of Dulles, they, which is a much bigger airport, it only took 20 minutes. Like, I, I hate to, hate to shit on our own airport, but like SeaTac is terrible. And then even getting picked up there was a nightmare. Dude, I, I, I'm with you. It's out of control. And my main issue, God, I hate when we just go negative on this cast, but this, it needs to be said. My main issue, honestly, is that we are paying for it, right? Like, our, you know, there's a little tax on every, flight that you take that pays for that security they're incredibly right. inefficient but then now they have the balls the balls ted smith to be like do you want to buy a pass do you want to pay us more money to get around this thing and you're like the terrorists are just gonna buy the passes like what the terrorists don't have a fucking hundred dollars a year like get out of here like this is security theater and it's bullshit dude it's bullshit man this is like since 2001 and it's just like what are we doing Hey, TSA pre, I can fathom, but right, we're waiting in this line. They have one person working and they keep going. If you sign up for clear, it's two weeks free. And like, I'm just like, is this just a racket to sign up for that? I'm like, yes, yeah. we are being extorted, Ted Smith. It, it was brutal. Cobb, I'm not even kidding you. People were losing it. Babies Dude. were crying. There was a couple. As I passed them, Matt, you're going to have to bleep out a lot tonight. As I passed them, I hear the guy finally turn to his girl and just goes, Please stop talking to me. My phone's dead. I'm fucking annoyed. I'm about to say Fuck it. By the time I pass them again, they're crawling out underneath the ropes. And he's like, screw it. We'll book another flight for tomorrow. Like, I was, I mean, that's how bad it is. Oh, dude, I was 30 seconds from missing one of my flights. I literally sprinted all out through the airport after telling them to just, I was like, whatever's in my bag that you guys are trying to find, I was like, just take it. I need to go. And they just, yeah. they just took it. It was a pair of, uh, uh, what's it called? Like, um, uh, tweezers. I was like, dude, just, just have it. Like, I'm not, I, I feel like this whole thing could have been, they, they put like 10 things in place after nine 11 and it could have been solved with just one, which was like, they lock the cockpit door. Now you can't go up and see the pilots and get the little wings like problem solved. But what kills me about this, Ted, I'm an efficiency guy. And you think about, okay, you sat there for two hours in line, right? Multiply yeah, that by millions of airline passengers a month in the United States, the amount of productive time and, and everybody who got there two hours early and just sat in the terminal and waited. So you're adding two to two and a half, three hours onto everyone's flight. The, um, the, the, the man hours that we are losing to this thing, the amount of money is not just what we're paying for Homeland Security, which is 
uh, an obscene amount of money. Uh, I've looked it up. I can't remember off the top of my head. It's obscene. But then the lost productivity of everyone just sitting in these freaking airports and in these lines. And I'm just like, God. And then for them to have the balls to ask me to sign up for Clear Ted, just the oh, God, the balls, dude. I can't believe I honestly can't believe it. I'm sorry. I try not to go off on this cast, but f- those guys, dude. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I was talking to another couple in front of us, and we were sitting there, and then like this other couple, and I was like, I was like, dude, I fly a decent amount. I have never waited this long. And the dude in front of me was like, like a surfer or something. He's like, he's like, bro, me and my wife travel all the time, all across the world. He's like, I have never waited in a security line this long. Like, I mean, when I, I've gone through customs before that was quicker than this. Dude, and that's the, the new actual, normal. The actual security part, once they check your uh, boarding pass, was like eight minutes. I didn't have to go on the machine. It was just like walk through, like you're yeah. fine. It's like, also, what are we doing up here? Right. I told you years ago when we went to Arizona, Cobb, you were with me. I had spent shells stuck in the bottom of my shoes is the way the shoes were designed. Put them through the x-ray. Nothing went off. And I'm like, how? Like, you'd think like, that would set something oh. off. And then when I was flying out of Dulles, I brought home three wooden crab, like, uh, mallets. Just because I was like, every time I'm at Terrans and they have crabs or me and Sean do a low country boil, like, we need these. And then as I'm going in, I go, can I have these mallets in there? And they're like, we don't know. So they're like, you got to talk to the guy by the x-ray machine. I was like, okay, should I take these out? Uh, yeah, okay, take them out. Okay, so those were fine. But a pair of tweezers, not fine. I'm just like security theater, Ted. It's <laughs> it's BS, man. And you know what? I've flown in and out of Seattle at least four times this year. That is the new normal. I hate to say that, but it's true, dude. Getting in and out, you're losing a day of your life, even for a four hour flight, which should be nothing. You lose a day of your life. Yeah, and you know me. I was just salty as I got off work, came home, grabbed my bag. And- that's the airport. So then when they start the beverage service, I was like, can I just order two beers right now? And she's like, uh, yeah, okay. And I was like, and the guy next to me kind of looks at me and I go, bro, I just got off work. I haven't had a beer. I was like, I just, I thought I'd have time in the airport. Got here two fucking hours early and I spent the entire time in the line. Like I couldn't, I didn't even have time to pee. Like, luckily I just went straight to my gate. I think if I had stopped to pee, I would have missed my flight. That dude, that's what I'm saying. And like, is it really necessary to stress everybody out and waste everyone's time for this BS security theater act that they're doing? Like, it doesn't even catch anything. Like half the time, uh, dude, uh, I can't talk about this. It just pisses me off. Honestly, especially since we're paying for it. That's what gets me. (laughs) I would just tell people, if you have a flight this summer, get there extra early. Like I'm generally a guy that rolls the dice and shows up like, you know, 90 minutes early. Thank God I got in there two hours early. Ooh. Dude, I used to be 45-minute guy. No longer. No. Those days are done. <laughs> Even in Dulles, I got through security plenty of time. And then, like, I was having it, like having a beer. And usually, I'd be like, oh, I'll get another beer or something. And I was like, oh, I don't know, man. I'm freaking out. I just Because there's so few flights now. It's like, you got to make your flights. Dude, you know what? That brings up another point, which is now the airline. Okay, the airlines are measured. God, man, I hate that we even got into this. I kind of don't. I'm kind of happy. So, dude, the airlines are measured by like the number of flights that are on time, right? So now what they do is they'll be like, oh, this flight is leaving at eight and it's going to take five hours to Austin. When in reality, everyone knows that's a three hour and 58 minute flight, four hours and 10 max. And they say, okay, it's leaving at eight. 
Uh, and then they're like, oh, we're going to start boarding at like 7.10, which means like you got to get there. So you get there, you do the security line. So you get there at 5.10, do the security line, whatever, get in like 7.25. They're like, okay, we're taking off. Like we got enough people, like everybody else is effed. Like we're just taking the standbys and we're going. So then of course they're like, oh, we got, we magically got in early. Like you guys should thank us and be happy. It's like, dude, you didn't get in early. You screwed all of us out of three hours of our life on the front end of this thing. And then they're just, they're scared. Like, oh, boys, I don't know what we're going to do. I, I don't want to be banned. So I don't want to say anything that's going to make it so I can't fly on US Airlines, but I don't just, know. Please don't say it on this podcast. Say it. Something. I know. I'm just I, saying. Dude, I just, I'm with you. It's just, and then the other problem is too, is like, it's not the flight attendant's fault. It's not like no. the person working there. So like, Totally. Even the, TSA, even the TSA guy, when he took my ID, he goes, how are you doing? I go, I, I go, look, I know this isn't your fault, but I go, I'm not good. Because this is single-handedly the worst experience I've ever had in an airport. Probably the worst customer service I've ever had. Yeah. And he goes, well, just the luck of the draw sometimes. And I said, no, it's not. Favor, don't say luck of the draw to me right now. Yeah, bad and system. Kind of stared at me. I go, look, I know it's not your fault. I go, but you, I saw three people miss their flights waiting in this line to get to you. And now, now. After 90 plus minutes, you showed up and there's two of you working this door. No. Like, come on. All right, yeah. boys, we, we, got, we, we took a turn to negative town there. I'm sorry. That's on me. Uh, no, it's on me. I started it. But it's <sighs> yeah, just like it was it was awful. Now, with that said, my flights were great. Easy flights. Flight attendants were nice. Like not a big deal. Uh, watched a couple terrible movies. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. And the thing is, air travel has us by the balls. It's like, well, I don't have I don't have a week and a half to drive across the country. What are you going to do? Take a train to Virginia? Wait, we don't even have enough trains. Dude, <laughs> that, that's what I'm saying. And then they have the balls to be like, hey, for $100 more a year, Ted, you know, you could just skip this whole mess that you are already paying for and that we can create it. Well, and the only... The only seats I could get were business class. And like on the way back, like the one she was like, uh, I guess I could serve you two more. And I was like, hey, I didn't want to pay in this seat. Cost me an extra hundred dollars. The drinks are free. Please give me two more beers. Let me at least earn this seat because the leg room isn't that big of a deal to me. She was like, <laughs> all right, all right. Like, yeah. And then she goes, well, we're out of IPAs. And I just go. I, whatever two beers you have. And then she started laughing. She's like, all right, I got you. I was like, yeah, like, come on. Like, not now, Jessica. I've had a long day. <laughs> right. All right. On a lighter topic. I am a businessman in business class. <laughs> with a 2012 MacBook Air. I have the worst oldest MacBook. <laughs> it's my whole damn tray. <laughs> That's good, dude. You got to send the message, you know, let people know you mean business. <laughs> That's do awesome. airports have a higher number of hot women or is it just because there's so many people in there dude i've thought about this too they do have a higher number of hot women i think it's a a socioeconomic thing i think okay i think one like wealthier women take better care of themselves in general and they also tend to travel um and two when women travel they make sure they're looking good for whoever's on the other side or just whatever. So yes, they have a higher ratio than normal. There's always attractive chicks at the airport and there's never a chance to even speak with them because they're going to Quebec or wherever, you know? Yeah, there was like, there was already some attractive women and then 
I'm in like the little shop in Dallas because my buddy likes magnets when people travel. So like, oh, I can get a Virginia magnet and a DC magnet, right? But you know me, I'm staring at a wall of magnets. Like, do I get them this one? Do I... I just hear somebody behind me go or next to me just go like, excuse me, I'm just trying to get the Gatorades. And I'm like, oh, sure, my bad. And I turn around and I literally went, oh, or not, oh, but I was just like, oh, oh, yeah, of course. It just I was just so unsmooth. I just didn't expect this really hot woman. I was just like, yeah, sure, whatever. And I was like, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> let me get the let me get the fuck out of this entire aisle for you. Wow, <laughs> hot chick privilege, man. It was hot chick privilege, man. White tights. Like oh my god, white hair. tights. White Good tights. Lord of mercy. Like the little hoodie that's cut off. And oh, like, done with the midriff showing. Oh man, like, come on, boys. Like, she knows what she's doing. Oh, wow. I just, <laughs> God. All right. As long as we're bitching about drama, Matt, you're, you're on the hot seat tonight. First of all, what does LIV stand for in the live golf tour? I'm not sure what LIV stands for. It's a Roman numeral for 54 because we only uh, have 54 people. Uh, no, they have 48. They might expand to 54 at some point, but they have 54 holes instead of 72, which is played over four days. They have three day tournaments ending on Saturdays instead of Sundays. Uh, and I just think familiar with this upstart tour. Uh, I know that it's uh, a professional golf circuit that's like bankrolled by Saudi Arabia or their sovereign wealth fund or something, but I don't really know that much about it. Weirdly, actually, never mind. Not important. Go ahead. So a big deal about this is like the PGA Tour is just kind of had a monopoly. And then people were like, oh, you can't go over there and play for them. And, and I, look, I get it. People are like, it's Saudi Arabia, like it's blood money, this and that. But like they are offering ridiculous amounts of cash. There's no cut. Right. So in the PGA, if you don't make the cut, you're not going to make any money. PGA Tour doesn't pay that well. Most of it's from sponsors. So on this tour, there's no cut. The events are three days as opposed to four. And there's only a few of them. Imagine somebody goes, we'll pay you like, it's got to be triple four times what you're making now. And you'll work, what, Matt, a quarter of the time? Yeah, basically. I don't know about you guys. I'm jumping at that. I'm jumping on that tour. Yeah, you're basically getting 12 times as much money. Less tournaments, shorter tournaments, less pressure in the tournaments. Yeah, I'm in. Way more money. Where do I sign, boys? And people are like, well, it's blood money. It's like, first of all, you drive a car, so you probably have oil or some of this blood money running your car. Yeah, who's blood money? You're the one paying the money to the, yeah. Sorry, that's just, yeah. Yeah, I guess my thing is, I don't, and I get it. Athletes are just kind of a lightning rod for people to go off on them. You know, it's like the NBA and people go, well, what about, you know, if LeBron James tweets something about politics, you'll go, well, you support China and this and that. It's like, look, for most of the main products you use in your life, you don't want to know how they're made. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I sure people, a lot of people love Jordans. Like, I love Air Maxes. Like, you don't want to know those conditions that people are making those shoes. But like, the Saudi thing is like this giant, like, I can't believe those guys are going over there and taking that money. I'm like, man, I, I would do it. Oh, dude. Yeah. I mean, take this podcast as your paragon of hope. You do not want to know how the sausage is made. People don't want to know the pain and the, <laughs> the sadness that we have to bear in our lives just to come up with something mildly entertaining. I mean, they have no idea what Ted's been through. 
you know, or Matt for that matter. Thank you. All right. So Matt like uh, writes it. So is it Brooks or Bryson that is the annoying one? Both. All right. I, well, both. I just tell that Brooks Kepka like signed up for that tour and they have some big names, right? You got Phil Mickelson, Brooks is over there, Sergio Garcia, uh, Dustin Johnson. Our boy Arlo White is the is the announcer for it now. Wait, can you only play one of the tournaments? No, you 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 either play on their tour or the PGA tour. Yeah, you can't do both. No. And then the PGA tried to stop them from playing in the majors, but the PGA doesn't actually put the majors on. They're just kind of the organizer. So like these guys can go over there. Like the tournament this week is in Portland. So you play half the tournaments, it might be less. You're going to make three times or four times what you make, and then you still get to play in the majors. Wait, wait. The live tournament is in Portland? Yeah. One of, uh, yeah. Oh, eight. I thought you were saying all these games were played over in like Saudi Arabia on their courses. No. Wow. So they're just trying to like take over the PGA. It's like a legit competitor. It's a, it's a worldwide tour with like the primary, uh, like five of the eight are in the States. Wow, that's a good idea. Say, yeah, that's a good challenge. And the PGA has been unchallenged for years. I well, like this. I'm into the dude. Lift. I mean, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I'm excited. I mean, they tried to talk about the Brooks and Bryson rivalry. Part of that was authentic, and then it got like blown up. And I never liked either one of them particularly during that. And now they're both live guys, and I'm a PGA guy. Right. Like I like JT. I like Rory, you know, and, you know, all these guys, you know, it's a fun thing to just pick a side of like, man, fuck these live guys like and then Brooks goes over there. Like, you know what? I didn't even like you that much. Anyways, Brooks, get out of here. And right. as the biggest golf fan on this podcast, would you not watch both? Uh, I watched a little bit of live and I'll tell you what, man, when there is no cut, when you don't have the risk of half the people uh, going home with nothing and it doesn't matter if you're Tiger Woods or some schmuck that just made the qualifying rounds starting on Monday, you know, um, and it's it's pretty, you know, they always call it a meritocracy. And to me, that's where the drama lies, um, not so much in the payouts. And, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see basically on the majors, that's all run by uh, the worldwide golf ranking system, which right now the live tournaments won't get points towards. So eventually all those guys will, if it stays the same, if they don't get those world ranking points, all those guys will stop being able to compete in the majors. But if the live is granted worldwide ranking points, then they'll be able to play in the majors eventually. And it'll just be this bit. The majors will be like, PGA versus live and it'll it'll be exciting like so I think it's a win-win it'll be it, you know it's fun drama but it's a lot of money man that's pretty crazy <laughs> I know. they're nine-figure contracts these guys are signing yeah, it's just so much money and I know like uh, last year we were talking about for soccer they were trying to have that super league and I was completely against that I think that I was gonna bring it up yeah well the difference is, is that super league you were taking teams from all these different countries and kind of ruining like relegation and all those processes. Whereas, but those leagues actually pay a ton of money. Like the PGA was the only game, like basically worldwide and wasn't paying that much. So that's why I think this is a little different. 
Like this is more of competition as opposed to just taking five or six teams and putting them in a league. Yeah, it yeah. seems more like the UFC pride situation. Because UFC, I mean, basically has a monopoly for guys who punch people in the face for a living. <clears throat> right, because it's yep. UFC and then uh, what was the last big one that actually stuck? It's still exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah, I know. I'm not helping. <laughs> but yeah, pr- I mean, pride was big. K1 was big. Um, and then there's a couple international ones that are decent size. Oh, you're talking about Bellator, right? Bellator. Yeah. So Bellator tries, but they only get guys. And this is with kind of the live thing. It's like, you're only getting either older guys or this or that. So like Kepka going over and DJ going over was like kind of a big deal, but it'll be interesting if they can't play in the majors. Do they come back? Are they fine with the money? I, I just, you know, like Dustin Johnson has what one or two majors. Yeah, they're headline makers that have won majors that, you know, aren't the most aren't the top guys. If you follow the tour, the, the top young guys are staying on the tour for now. And the tour just literally they just restructured their entire season today to take better care of the top 50 players. Right. OK, wow, because of that. Yeah. Yeah. God, that's how big of an impact this is having. Right. The PGA was like, oh, OK, we'll add a couple events. We'll add more money. Like we'll add PGA. eight super tournaments with no cuts and huge payouts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They, we'll bump they purses make up another yeah. $54 million, Dude, this I is like was, we saw pressure on the, the NFL pettiness. and pressure on the UFC both. Yeah. If you have a monopoly, you're going to exert monopoly control on the market, you know? Dang. Wait. Yeah. So, Matt, I yeah. feel like I overheard something that I don't want to gloss over. You said nine-figure payouts yeah well no no contracts to sign like 100 million Nine over four years figures 100 million over four years that's a qb contract oh my god if you're one god, of the most famous recognizable so... golfers in the world which they are signing i'm just saying they're not the current currently the best like will zalatoris <laughs> could beat any of those guys most weeks he's just you know he's same with colin morikawa like you know those guys aren't that impressive if you follow the tour. They're a little bit okay. past their prime. Brooks and Bryson have been injured, you know. Um, yeah, but they they're most of them have won majors, and a lot of them, I would say probably four or five of them are reportedly on uh hundred million plus multi-year deals. Okay, so as you've alluded to, I don't follow the tour. So yeah. am I naive to think that Okay, there are multiple of these contracts, right? This isn't one guy. This is like, you know, at least a field five. of. Yeah. Phil, Am DJ. I naive to think there is no way they will ever make that money back on that investment? Right. It's all sport. They just want they just want to, you know, buy legitimacy in the West. It's, legitimacy it's, it's, for who? For the public for the appearance of Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Wow. Oh. Oh. Um, which I was the, the timing of this is like. They've been planning this for years. And if they knew the, the climate would be what it is now, I feel like they would have scrapped this idea and be like, we'll just give them $5 billion worth of oil when the time comes and be like, oh, yeah, hey, well, price we'll is really double. public about it. And America will love us after that. And we'll be good. <laughs> we'll be like, everything. All right. How, how much, oil, you know, and we could just strike up a deal with them with oil instead of them ripping apart the PGA. But like I said, I don't think it's the best strategy. The golf's not that competitive. Um, and most of the guys aren't the best. 
dude, it's crazy. Ted, I'm just going to say this one last thing. I looked it up at one point. I don't want to give uh, misinformation, but it's something. Obs- I want to say that Saudi Arabia was making like $240 million a day or something. Like they just give their export number. And I was like, okay, well, what's a barrel of oil cost? Whatever, dude, it's like 200 million, 240 million a day that they're making. It's ob- obscene, yeah. obscene. That's yeah, like well, beyond royalty. All right. Well, let me, uh, so here's the issue, right? And, and sports guys, you know, athletes are always going to get the brunt of this. It's like, how could they take that money and it's blood money and this and that, but also like, all right, well then I just think sometimes in this country, like I always say two things can be true, but also like, like I have some issues with capitalism. I bring it up, but you can't run around banging the drum of capitalism and then be upset that these guys took bigger money for less work. I mean, isn't that the goal of right. most people? Make as most as you can and not that's, have to work as hard. That's my thing. Right? What it's do we always like, say? Work smarter, not harder. The market like, won for those guys. And I think the market will win for the PGA Tour. I think they have the better product. They have the better golfers. They just restructured to be more top heavy and reward the top guys in a similar way where they'll keep the young guys and they'll be fine. And, you know, yeah. Uh, but, but I definitely, uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun to watch and I don't understand, you know, the like you don't have to you don't have to peel back very many layers of the onion to get to the hypocrisy if people are against quote unquote Saudi money. I go, I'm right. a I'm a capitalist that believes in the market. Like, you know, a lot of golfers are Republicans, you know, and like I wouldn't call myself one of those, but I'm a capitalist. I believe in the free market. And it's like, what do you think's happening right now, dog? Like I thought I thought this was one of the things we saw eye to eye on. And uh yeah, so so that's been fun to watch the, you know, cir- with the circus. But you know, overall, yeah, there's there's and most people have to make these decisions in their lives. Like sometimes you might have to move to an area of the country that you don't like because the job offers you more. You know what people do? They pick up and move their families, right? Like yeah. I was lucky enough that my job brought me to an area that I really love. <laughs> I was gonna say, dude, we know it's raining in Seattle, man. I I would have a tough time moving anywhere else these days, but I was saying like people go through this every day in their lives. Right. I know one person that ever turned down a promotion and well, turned down a promotion for a lot more money. Now, granted, this guy was already making a ton of money, but he had like seven kids. Right. It's a guy I used to coach with years ago. And he goes, I turned it down. I said, why'd you turn that down, man? He goes, I already make enough for my family. Right. He was doing well. And he goes also like, I don't spend much time with my family. So the times I can coach my kids in baseball is like my time. And he's like, with that new job, I wouldn't, wouldn't been able to do it. But most people are always, are always going to take more money. And like, I don't know, like that's how you hire people away. Right. Look at the restaurant industry. You start at a shitty local place. Then maybe you work at a chain place. Then if you're waiting tables or something, you get to the level, you're going to work in a nice steakhouse. It's like, you only got to work four nights a week here, but you're going to make this much more money. Like, like, Okay, I'll go work there. A lot of people will work more hours for more money in a new, less desirable location. Right. Especially if the cost of living was cheaper. Right. These are hard, hard decisions. I'm like, I like I get it. I get why people are upset, but also I don't blame those golfers. Like, yeah, go. Yeah. Get your money. And it's gonna it'll be interesting to see what happens with ratings and with the PGA, but I think it's gonna keep happening. I think these younger dudes are gonna be like, screw this. Let's just go over there and get paid. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. There's a lot of there's a lot of honor in the game and integrity and and how you have to keep score and, you know, how how it works. And so I do think some of that history is important there. Um, And I do think Phil Mickelson was right in the quotes that, you know, got him, quote unquote, canceled before he signed for an alleged 200 million. So that was a great cancellation. If I ever saw it again, I was talking about it this weekend. My I was like, please, somebody cancel me like they did Aaron Rodgers or they did Joe Rogan for hundreds of millions. And, and t- today, that legendary quote was became so true with how the PGA Tour operates. He, he said it's a once in a lifetime opportunity to fundamentally change the way the PGA Tour operates. And it's like he, he was brass. He's he's honest. He did not lie. And it was proven for he was further proven right today and like got paid 200 mil in the process. So shout out Phil Mickelson. I don't think lives as entertaining as the PGA, you know, but yeah. All right, Cobb, you'll appreciate this, right? So Phil Mickelson could still play in the U.S. Open, right? So when he came out, the U.S. Open uh, played, what was it? Like Boston. What was the song? Something about all about the money or all for the money. Oh, when it came out in live. Yeah. The first live tournament, his walkout song was like, uh, I forget the band, but it's that song. It's like money, 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 money. Right. Because the USGA did it to him when he teed off at the US Open last week. They did it when he teed off. It was a different one that was like all about the money. (laughs) Okay. Dude, I mean, I mean, it is getting petty. This is this WWE is... level, like soap opera. I've been glued to my phone. Like, do I have to take a dump? Maybe we'll just run in there and check so I could check Twitter for no reason, like type stuff. And, you know, it's been, yeah, it's been amazing. So, yeah, it's well, a good time to be a golf fan. And this, like, they're talking about blood money. I mean, this is the kingdom of Saudi Arabia we're talking about here, which was literally installed by the US government, the Saudi royal family. A, B, who built all that oil infrastructure over there, the United States, hint, hint. C, who refines all that oil, which is the main like value add, number one like oil refining nation in the world, United States. It's like that blood money is on our hands more than it's on the Saudi people at this point. I, I mean, I, I was born in 86. As long as I've been alive, like the American way, you know, of, of capitalism and the free market has been like, end up doing a lot of business with the Saudis with oil and guns. And that's just the way it is. And like, I thought that was a fact <laughs> of life this whole time. Right. And now, and now all these Republican golfers are like, what is this? Why is what's Phil talking about? Dude, that's, that's wild. That literally the U S like controls. That's insane. <laughs> people are it's wild. Hilarious. Geopolitics boys. See, people say this podcast is all service level, but look at us geopolitics i thought golf Sports. was escapism for the record i've been sucked into all this background and like all these nuanced views of like man, I, I just want to watch you guys hit the ball in the hole faster than me unless shots you know who's the well, heel i mean oh mickelson phil is the heel in this 100%. It, was a, it was such a huge turn today that he was right in the pga just restructured so hard like Damn, Phil Mickelson, for my money, doesn't come off that bad because he's right. He's like, I want to change the PGA. But like Damn Brooks pick. caught some because he he spouted off like two months ago. Like, I'm not going over there. Like, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, 
Yeah, they named a price that was good for me. Bryson you said 85 million? Stuff. Yes, sir. Where do I sign? No, he had to sign for more than Bryson, and Bryson was 100 mil. Um, there's yeah, no way. Crazy. Is way too for that. My, and boys, that is crazy. It was like it was a business decision for me and my family. Like you're single with no kids, dog. Like, <laughs> you I didn't say that. I've used that term. <laughs> That's awesome. He might that have is kids so someday. much. You money. never know. Trust me. You never know. Yeah. He caught it. He's in my future family later. I trust you. Ted. quote. <laughs> God, oh, that is art. obscene. We yeah. got to take a break. I just wanted to give a shout out real quick. Uh, we drove like 50 minutes from my brother's house over to the Appalachians and went to a brewery called Beer Chase. If you're ever in, like, and it's that part of Virginia where like Maryland's only like 30 minutes away. West Virginia is like 35 minutes away. But boys, I'm telling you, on the mountain, like it's the only like real mountain view. It was awesome. And we went there at 3 p.m. on Father's Day. It was packed like we just had a couple beers there, but I mean, it reminded me like the only brewery I'd seen that pack was probably Crux in, uh, in Bend, which by the way, you know me, I was all pumped. I was like, let's do breweries. I wore my Crux shirt. Like I was, I was trying to get people to talk to me. Like, no, he's like, yeah, we don't really give a dude. I'm just like, no, it's impressive. I thought well, only we had cool breweries. Like you East coast people are trying to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bear chase. Awesome. Awesome spot. Also. All right. Real quick. Nightmare scenario though. Right. So going out there, this road is like two lanes on each side, right? But it's like a highway. So they're cruising. So you know, like those big intersections in a, in a highway where you can make like a left, the other person to make a left. You know what I mean? Yeah. So as we pull up, there's an accident that just happened, right? And it's blatantly obvious some person was coming from where the brewery was. So we sit there for a second and then Chris is like, ah, maybe I should drive around and we'll just make a U-turn. And we're like, that's not a good look at 3 p.m. on a Sunday to get into an accident, leaving a brewery, right? Uh, so we stay in there. We literally have two beers, check out the scenery. <clears throat> when we were pulling back out, there was a person in cuffs. And I was like, oh, oh. Like, did you try to like get across the highway and gun it? I'm just like, like you, first of all, you shouldn't, have been drink- you shouldn't have been drinking and driving. But I'm just like, God, that sucks. Sunday afternoon, beautiful Sunday, and you tried to like make a, a turn or something you shouldn't have, and now you're going to jail. It's like, oh, that's awful. That's a tough Father's Day. Oh, it reminds yeah. me of my own father. I'm just kidding. <laughs> right. I don't think I've ever seen your dad even drink a drink. <laughs> no, I know, dude. Honestly, I was thinking, I or yeah, I have a whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah, man. <laughs> but yeah, Bear Chase. Uh, look it up in like Western Virginia. It, it was a great spot. And, uh, what was the other one we went to? Flying Ace was pretty cool, too. All right, one more quick story. So Flying Ace is an old farm, right? So by the time we make it over to Flying Ace, now it's like 4, 4.30. So we can find parking. But one side is a distillery and one side is a brewery. But if you're on the distillery side because of the rules, like you can't take your drink over to the brewery side and you can't take a beer to the distillery side. So as me and my brother are walking in, there's these two couples behind us. They're already having a good day. And the two dudes are smoking cigars. And they're a, little, they're a little older than we are. So, like, I open the door. It's kind of a long line. And I hear the guy go, can we smoke our cigars in there? And I just hear my brother go, I don't care. <laughs> right? So they walk in. And I'm like, oh, like, it's Virginia. They, 
smoking sections are everywhere. It's not like Washington State where you got to like walk away. Like you could pretty much smoke outdoors. But I'm like, I mean, it was two, not even two minutes. Somebody's like, you guys can't smoke your cigars indoors. I don't. That's care. awesome. <laughs> oh yeah, they literally bought a bottle of liquor and then just walked back out. I was like, I don't think they even stopped for a drink. I was just like, all right. But I thought that was pretty awesome. <laughs> and then Bob, you'll appreciate this. There's one thing the Smith boys love besides chicken wings. It's a giant pretzel. So it's the afternoon. We've had a couple drinks. Like, all right, Flying Ace has a new barbecue joint that's in there, and they have a giant pretzel. And we were talking about when we were in Milwaukee, Sean and Will. We we never got the giant pretzel the second day. Chris and I were pissed. Not really pissed, but you know, like busted balls. Oh yeah. Like, so we we're like, all right, like no question, we're getting the giant pretzel. Guys, like we're out of giant pretzels. Oh. Here we go. All right, we'll get the queso. So then you get like one of the little vibrating things like for a restaurant, which I haven't held in forever. And mine goes off when I come up there. The dude running the kitchen is like pumping stuff out. He's like, you guys get these sandwiches? Like, no, we got the queso. And he goes, we're out of queso. It got 86. And I just kind of look at him and he goes, all right, we'll make you, we'll make you a short rib or a, or a pork belly nachos instead. And we were like, all right. So we wait like an extra 10 minutes. But I was like, I think the pork belly nachos probably cost more than the queso. But we got a free upgrade. Nice. Wow. <laughs> Dang. That's, you know, wow. Take the W's where you get them, cop. Yeah, definitely. Especially, especially lately. Especially sure. on the tail end of some L's. <laughs> right. <laughs> We've been like doing stuff and like hanging out. I was like, I was like, you know what? This will this will be okay. This will work out. Like this is actually a good thing for us. Love it. Uh, all right, let's take a break here. We'll be back in a sec. All right, welcome back. Thanks to our sponsors, as always. Uh, you know what? Colleges are hard to get into. Not Brown, though. <laughs> you know, if you have four grades, you want to go Ivy League, go to Brown. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kyle, do we have some emails? God, Ted, honestly, I always appreciate your professionalism. Like, we can be talking about whatever, like, just off-color, ridiculous subject in the break. And it's like, I just picture you like, oh, God, like, the zombies are eating our faces. And welcome back to the podcast. It's <laughs> great to have you with us tonight. And we'll be doing the charity donation, as usual, for our local bands. So reach out. <laughs> Uh, back to of, easy listening. <laughs> part of that is just working on the men's room day in and day out. Like there's been low times going through a breakup or whatever. And it's like, you just got to remind yourself, right. But the people that are listening, like the podcast is a little different. I'll talk about some problems, but like on the men's room, like, like these people are stuck in their cars and traffic. Like I got, I got to, I got to bring it. You know, it's like being an athlete. Like you step between those lines. You got to go play. Yeah, honestly, it's true. And, and like, Sitting in traffic, like I don't want to hear about your problems. You no. Right. <laughs> got enough of my own problems, Ted Smith. Hello to the greatest podcast in all the land. All the land. All the land. Congratulations on 300-ish episodes. I think I've been listening since day one. I'm thankful to have gotten to know you all, and I'm grateful that the podcast is still going. You're a special bunch, and I feel lucky to be a listener. Smiley face. Some of my favorite memories of the podcast are one, the old cob topic bell. Two, the oh, naming yeah. of the U.S. egg. Three, explaining how air fryers work, which I had one fail on me last night, and I ended up almost burning my whole building down and then going to a Waffle House at 1 a.m. 
but that's a story for another time, Michelle. Uh, and best of all, everyone in unison repeating all the land, all, all the land. land. When someone writes into the greatest podcast in all the land, all the land. All the land. Thanks for the memories and cheers for 300 more. Michelle. Yeah. <laughs> I think technically the USA was named uh, in my place of belt out. Oh, yeah. When we all started chanting it. Yeah, it was a Christmas party. <laughs> that was Maybe awesome. the Marilyn Monroe one. Jesus. Oh, one of the best. That only came up twice with my cousins. I think it was a year before Marilyn Monroe, if I remember correctly. I don't, I mean, you and George are both good athletes and quick people. I don't know that I've to this day seen you two move as fast as you did when Marilyn Monroe goes. Can we move this table to get some room? I mean, you and George, like, I I didn't even know you guys were in the room. You both just on a side moving the table. Like, go ahead. (laughs) Favorite podcast moments. Favorite moments from the cast that I can remember have to be Ted's dolphin girl story from Meltdown. (laughs) Oh, I melted down. God, I know. RIP, dude. I hope she married somebody great. Uh, And Matt's date with the feel free to use the. Wait, okay, hold on. I gotta I gotta research this. Oh god, actually, I don't know. Uh and Matt's date with the and then he put in parentheses, feel free to use the currently politically correct term. Matt, what's the current status on that? I don't I don't know. I don't I think transsexual is still fine. Just back in the day, we used to say tranny when we're not supposed we to. We said T girl. I thought we yes, this says T girl back in the day. It was kind of fun. It says girl in it. We just kind of distinguish a little bit real quick there at the beginning. I don't know. Okay, but... That feels as long as it's not hateful. I mean, it's all absolutely love, so. not hateful. I went on a date. Yeah, that's true. Right. I know. I almost forget that. My favorite part of the story is, do you want to do some Tina? Well, you know, I mean, it's a bummer. That's what got remembered about it. I thought it was a cool, you know, moment. But yeah, you know, it was it was an epic line. Like she knew how to party. Give it up. I couldn't God. keep up. I from with most people, you know, I'm pretty legendary. And with that one, it was like, all right, you got me. You're like, that's yeah, you're on, you're on another level. Okay. Right, like I'll I'll date. You know, like I'll go on a date with you. Like I- I'm with you, I- Matt. I feel like smoking meth is a fine line to draw. You should know <laughs> your lines, but you got to find them first. And man, <laughs> T- Ted, has anybody ever like just partied too hard for you? Where you're like, okay, like I'm out. Like in, I-, I mean, like a woman or like, somebody on a date, where you're just like, okay, like I, I gotta walk away. You win. Uh, years ago, I went on a date with a girl that was super attractive, and this and that. Like, I'm not. Like, I feel like I've gotten better over the years about being on time, but I'm certainly not Mr. Punctual or Mr. Early. She showed up an hour late. And you hour. were still there? Oh, geez, I'd be gone. She kept texting me. And then we have uh, like, but the bar was like close to closing. So we have a couple drinks there. And she's like, oh, we can go to another bar. I'm like, cool. We get in her car and she had a bong in her front seat. And I was like, man, I know wow. people smoke like, how are you driving and ripping a bong? And that was one where I was like, all right, that might be a little much. Like, I mean, Matt, you're we're good smokers, but I feel like car bong person is a different a level. Bong. Wow. I had a bong. Right? Not a ball. She won like my wildest. You know, like I had a bubbler that I'd keep in the car. But sure. like that was that was it. Yeah, bong's pretty heavy duty for the front seat of the car. Yeah. I uh I had something sort of similar, like when, uh, so I used to run like a hookah lounge up on Capitol Hill in Seattle and, you know, we'd party, we were open till 3am. So like people would be partying late night, whatever, you know, no big deal. Um, and, uh, some girls came in right before close and 
They're pretty attractive. There's two of them. They mentioned that they were professional dancers and that they would like to do some dancing. Of course, the whole staff is excited. We lock the doors, decide we're going to hang out for a while, have some, you know, alcohol, whatnot. No problem. So then the girl, like we're hanging out and like nothing really happens. The girl was like, Hey, do I want to go grab something for my car? Like, do you want to walk me out there? And I was like, okay, cool. Like this, you know, I don't know, semi stripper type chick, like wants to, wants to hang. And I was like, dude, she's like a little, a little bit ratchet, but like, I'm, I got nothing to lose. It's 3am. We go to her car and I remember like, so, you know, the murder QFC, Ted, the one I go to. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well known by the Seattle Vice Squad as like one of the worst places in the city. Um, so we go and on its roof is a park. park. My grocery store. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're Ted shops. Ted, I, I, actually, no, that's too long to go into, but I feel like you feel comfortable there. Um, so there's a parking garage on the roof and uh, we go up there. We're sitting in our car and this girl just busts out some tinfoil and a torch and she's like, do you want any? And I was like, do I want any what? And she has a little glass pipe and homegirl just free bases Oxycontin in front of me. Wow. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, like I'll sit here and be cool. But like you are t- too hardcore for me. <laughs> yeah. The only thing I have similar to that was back in the day before weed was legal. I went with a buddy who generally had a taste for like the under underworld. And he's like, we just got to go over this house. Like, we'll pick up weed. I'm like, cool. And same thing. We got in there and there was like people smoking shit off foil. And like, I don't know, like, like, I was just like, like within two minutes, I was like, dude, get your weed. We got to get out of here. This is like a bad drug den. Like, I'm pretty sure your buddy is a major dealer of some sort. I mean, this was. Yeah, it's like a trap house. Right. It was like 15 years ago. But I was just that was one time I was like, get, like, get, get me out of here. Like, this, yeah. is, this is bad. Too much too much um okay so uh uh dolphin girl from meltdown uh mad state with the t girl and on a different note i'd love to hear uh, your guys take on the live golf situation and all the drama oh. around that you got it i uh, love the cast keep up the great work haven't listened since day one but i've heard every episode larp on from your northern neighbor in victoria bc jordan well jordan i think you very much enjoyed the first half of this podcast then <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we got quite a few more. Um, I'm only gonna be able to get to one more and then we'll just do the other ones on next episodes. Is that cool guys? Yeah, that works for me. Okay. We'll we'll get to them folks. Don't worry. Hey fellas, uh, big ups to the greatest podcast in all the land. All the land. land. Been a long time listener. Listened since 2013 or 14. Can't remember. And wanted to say congratulations on the 300 apps. You guys always provide me with some laughs and misinformed insight. (laughs) That's so accurate, dude. (laughs) Misinformed insight. God. Yeah. Accurate. Uh, so thanks for all of the hours spent listening to the tales of Decepticons and Alley Cats. To answer the recent Cobb topic, I have uh, several favorite moments uh, and memories from the podcast. Uh, number one for me has to be the legendary T-Girl Date episode. <laughs> that episode gave me a newfound respect for the CEO, Matt, and encouraged me to be more open-minded in my own life. Number, <laughs> number two has to be the infamous John Moffat interview. Absolute oh. chaos. I loved it. Wow, dude, you're one of the very few people who got to hear that. Uh, number three has to be the Phoenix Jones interview. Just a cool story that I wasn't expecting to hear. Honestly, I could go on forever. Those three episodes live in my mind rent-free forever. Congratulations yet again, and long live the year of the hustle. Cheers, Mikey Dubs. Thanks, Mikey. Oh, man. <laughs> Thank you. Those are fun ones. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, we, we we could probably sit here one weekend and do a whole episode just talking about that Moffat thing. God. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just don't want to out the man, you know. That was a wild episode. Yeah. All right, well, let's check in with what's happening. Hey, what's good? What's man? Uh, before we get to what's happening. Hey, what's good? What's man? Check out with what's happening. Hey, what's good? What's man? Uh, before we get to what's happening. Hey, what's good? What's mad? Check out um, what's mad. Well, in addition to all the live drama that I've been following, I did go out and golf in person. Um, this is the time of year where all the courses that are usually like either closed to the public or a hundred plus dollars for 18 holes are now like 25 to 30 dollars. And right. it's just locals out there most of the time. You know, there's a few hot tourists, but usually they can't hang and they're out there very early and these ones that are on sale are like nine o'clock and then you're still out there you know around noon when it starts cooking but you're not in the like the real heart of the afternoon so but the tourists are going to get out there at seven to try and beat the heat you know i wear my big hat and my sun sleeves because i'm just like i don't want any more sun anymore like i don't i don't need an extra tan so get out there when it's cheap What's the sun sleeve they're like those sleeves, those shooting sleeves basketball players wear, except they got UPF 50 sun protection. Huh. All right. So instead I of having to reapply it. sunscreen or wipe my face and get sunscreen in my eyes, I can just wear those the whole round. And it's like right. Under Armour, basically, it feels like. So, um, yeah, those have been money. And then the big floppy hat, I got one that I can get wet and it's like a cooling hat. And then, yeah, that'll be a game changer out there around hole 12 or whatever. Um, Cause it is hot. It's June, but I had a great time out there. I got paired up with this other guy. That's like, he was 26. He thought I was his age. He was like 10 years younger than me and thought I was his age. which I was pretty pumped about. Nice. <laughs> right. And, and uh, we, we had a lot of fun. We both shot really good rounds, um, which was good. Cause I was knocking an 81 off my handicap. So uh, I went back out and shot an 85 on a course I'd never played before. So I was pretty, pretty happy with that. And pretty stoked that, you know, I met a guy that, Loves golf, moved down here actually to uh, work at the plant that takes sewage water and turns it into clean water that could be drinking, but the public's not ready for toilet to tap technology yet mentally, and we're not that desperate, <laughs> but, but they're ready. And instead, they sell that water to golf courses down here so we can keep playing in the desert, um, you know, with sewage water that people wouldn't want to drink after they clean it. So we're like, all right, cool. We'll have green courses, you know? And so I thought that was really cool that he's like, you know, he's like, I love golf. I love the environment. I moved out here to work at that plant right down the street. And so, uh, yeah, that was great. And then, uh, while I was out there, I got a text from my childhood best friend, uh, who lives in LA being like, I'm coming out to Palm Springs and he was on his way. And, you know, probably two hours after the round, I'd say I was over at the resort with him and his kids and playing in the pool. And nice. uh, yeah, it was fun going to a nice resort that they were at. Their nanny has a timeshare there. And I was like, damn, this place is cool. Like, we got a lot of nice resorts down here. I just don't go to them all the time. And it was fun. Um, you know, his kids are a blast. And, you know, they had nine pools on the I played golf at the Marriott Resort right there. Like it's one of those courses. that was 25 bucks. But, you know, being in the pools and seeing the, the whole grounds was a lot of fun. And uh, kids were a blast. They came over 
on Sunday for Father's Day. Um, I didn't even realize it's five blocks away. And it was such an ordeal for them to take two kids that far. And it just <laughs> but they finally made it on Father's Day. I went to the nice grocery store, got a giant tomahawk steak and you saw know, that. Yeah, saw that thing, too. That yeah. thing was massive, boys. And we nailed it. Shout out to Tyler. She was like, as soon as we got home, she was like, take that out, salt it like crazy and then put it back in the fridge. Like, I mean, we were not going to waste a second because we were going to make it that same day. But uh, we got the salt on there, tenderize it early enough. And it was just, yeah, awesome. So uh, a lot of fun, you know, seeing the the early stages of life uh, from like, yeah, guy I grew up with. And it's like, damn, these are like my, you know, these, this is the next generation. And, uh, you know, if my brother Luke still listens and uh, here's this one shout out, he's about to have a baby. So I'll be a real uncle, but it was fun, you know, playing uncle Matt all weekend and yeah, having a blast. So that's just, that's what I've been doing all week. <laughs> yeah. And the break we were, uh, when we were off, I also, I don't know if you guys knew this. I went to the symphony two weeks ago. Whoa. Yeah. Never been. Highly recommended. Awesome time. Symphony. All right. Yeah, let's nice. see a little uh, Gershwin. All right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A friend of ours, Jason, Matt's old boss, he's a massive Gershwin fan. So me and my buddy Sean, we were like, we could get him a bottle of liquor. He has a bunch of bottled liquor. So we got him tickets to the symphony. And like it was just kind of fun being fancy for a night. And like, Dude, like, you know me, man. Like, I had some drinks before I went in, had an edible, but like watching a symphony, like just watching the string session get re- section get ready and like put up their bows. And then I was like, oh, this is like a fucking game. Like, I like it. Uh, Ted Smith still being Ted Smith. He's like, you know, I mean, I had an edible and a couple crushed a couple beers, sl- slammed a couple beers before heading in the mood. or ri- rifled a couple beers before the symphony. But, you know. <laughs> I was going gin and tonics or gin. Yeah, I was being fancy like gin and tonic tonight. It could be a couple of G and T's rifle those in the bathroom before the s- symphony. <laughs> I will say one joke. They like, have you guys ever been to the symphony? No. Nope. Yeah. Hall. All right. So they play like they have like chimes and like, you know, when it's about to start, but like when the third chime like hit, I was like, anybody else feel like we're in the fucking squid game right now? I did not go over well. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome dude <laughs> right just like, i was like it's all it reminds me of <laughs> honestly man just one of the best things about being friends with you is watching like you bounce off of the world and reverse like like just because people have to remember that like you know it's not like you turn it off when the show is over like you're still just ted just bouncing around through regular society and so it's just like it's funny watching people deal with that in whatever way they want to <laughs> Dude, it was a wild weekend. I saw the symphony on Saturday, played pub league on Sunday. Cobb, good news. I scored another goal, but our, our the team you own, I mean, look, we're still in line for the playoffs, so we're, we're going to have to dig deep and work hard. But then, it's yeah, okay. And, and then after that game, after a pub league, I ended up going to see the uh, playoff match for rugby. And I was like, look at me. First time to symphony, first time at pro rugby. Don't worry, man. We're, we're Pete Carroll guys. Pete at the right time. You guys take the time you need, get that injury healed. Like, but come playoffs, we want hardware. Good thing you're not like the live owners. <laughs> I'd be worried for you, Ted.
Oh, all right. Well, I think it's about that time. Boo, 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 boo. Cobb topic. Cobb topic. This is an easy one. And honestly, just because I kind of love drama and hearing like, I don't know what's going on in, uh, in people's pasts, but um, I don't really have much of a setup. Um, just a Cobb topic, which is what was the big rumor at your high school? And did it turn out to be true? <laughs> I just, Uh-oh. I don't know. I was, yeah, I, I don't even want to go into, yeah. Mine's anyway. simple and I'll leave the names out of it. We had, I never had her as a teacher. She was my homeroom, like, for, you know, like homeroom, you just got to check in. But she was very attractive in school, all boys. The rumor was always that, like, somebody had put Spanish fly in her drink and she tried to hook up with one of the students, which I still think to this day, first of all, that would be like somebody drugging a teacher and then the teacher acting on it. So I still think it's nonsense. But that was that was always the big rumor. You know, what's the, the big rumor? Like, and it happened to be the hottest teacher at the school. Yeah. And uh, granted, the guy they said who who she like was hitting on is still a great looking man to this day. But I'm like, that didn't happen. Wow, Matt, man, uh, I'm trying to think of specifics. I'm just thinking there was it's a bummer. And maybe in retrospect, you know, it's just what I remember, because maybe we could have had more of like a free love type vibe where I got more action, you know, um, but I would say there's a general vibe of slut shaming perpetuated by incel males and jealous, less attractive females, just constantly like the the poor, attractive girls in our in our school. Like if they wanted to hook up with someone like me, there's no way they would have just because of I mean, it was it was crazy. And now we're more woke about slut shaming. And I hope that's cool. But like you know, after eight, I don't know what the age stuff in high school is all cool to me, you know, but uh, yeah, now I don't want to be like, yeah, what's a 16 year old have at it. But uh, yeah, you know, there's always rumors swirling about hot chicks that, you know, I, I forged my way to the friend zone with many of them and found out that those rumors were unsubstantiated and perpetuated by, yeah, jealous people out out ruining reputations not cool oh yeah well dude think about like i can remember being in grade school and the first guy that admitted he masturbated and we gave him the hardest time we're like ah you're a freak like this and that and then it's like everybody's doing it you just can't admit it so yeah i mean i don't know being a teenager is tough that's a weird time i exposed myself a lot to my classmates we talked about that right uh, I was I wasn't a rumor. I was just a fact with like I have I have uh, big testicles. Well, I would say now they're they're still on the larger side, but, the, you know, they've been this size since freshman year. And, you know, I showed a couple of bros at football camp because I thought it was funny. And then, you know, that was that was what I was known for. And like I was the kid with the balls. <laughs> I had a buddy. He didn't go to my high school. He went to my friend's high school, but he had one testicle that was much larger. We used to call him Fat Nut. And when he got to college to play a sport, they were like, you got to go to a specialist. And he's like, no, no, no. It's just one giant ball. And they're like, you got to go to a specialist. And they were like, yeah, one's just much bigger than the other. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine that? Like, what's up, Fat Nut? <laughs> oh, all right. There we go. Matt, you're going to have to throw in another break there. We clearly went long tonight. That's all right. The people A lot of bleeps. We missed a week. Yeah. Uh, 
other than that, we'll be back next week. We'll get all those emails read. Uh, Saturday is supposed to be nice as hell, man. Sounders kick off at noon. So uh, if you're at the Sounders game, please say hello. You know I'll be there. And then, uh, yeah, that's all I got. You guys got anything coming up you need to promote? Nah, man, I'm just chilling, <laughs> killing $100 billing. Eat more popcorn. I'm scary. Eat more popcorn. <laughs> oh, all right, there you go. Uh, for MCTP, for Kyle, Lee Ted Smith is the podcast. Cheers.